Hello and welcome to the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Matt Infante, joined as always by Adam H. Beasley. And today we have a very special guest joining us. It is PFN's Chief Content Officer, David Behrman. David, welcome to the show. Yeah, David! All right, David! Thanks for having me back on. I, I'd like to state the fact that last time you had me on, the Dolphins won up scoring 70 points. So, I mean, right now it's one one appearance, 70 points. That's the barometer. That's and, the bar. Infante, at, at some point we're going to be able to explain to our CCO the difference between causation and correlation. <sighs> Beasley bingo, number one. Yeah, exactly. Who had that on the bingo card there? Yep. Adam Adam with that line. Um, yep. For those of you that don't know, we get that line frequently. I think he said it last week on the podcast as well. So He did. He did. I'm going to keep saying, do you guys understand what it means? That's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, you, but, you know, the funny thing is that 70-point comment David made, not out of the realm of possibility, considering their opponent next week. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I, I kind of – Adam, I haven't spoken with you really um, on the record here since uh, – I guess the Dolphins were 3-0 at the time, right? So how do you view this first half, how it's unfolded, Compared to what you expected heading in, um, I, myself and Adam have talked about this, you know, ad nauseum every week, especially last week. But where do you fall on kind of expectations right now? Well, I mean, if you had told me back in August the Dolphins would be six and three entering their bye week, I would have signed up for it absolutely. It, and I, you guys had talked about it on the pod last week, resetting expectations, and it, you don't, you didn't know Denver was going to be as bad as they were then, and obviously improved after their win on Monday night. Uh, you thought the Chargers would be a little better. Nobody saw the New England Patriots being two and eight this far into the season. So, knowing what you know now, you might say, "Well, six and three is good," but they could have beaten the Chiefs. They could have beaten the Eagles. I will throw the Bills game out of the way because they just absolutely got crushed in that one. But you'd still take the six and three. You would, and you know you're entering Week Eleven with a game and a half lead in the division, and the way the games are coming down the stretch, at least the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to say it without saying it but the Dolphins could have this division wrapped up a lot earlier than people expected. Just the fact that they're minus 450 right now at the books to win the division is not something we would have ever thought we'd see. And that's a combination of the Jets not having Aaron Rodgers and not being as good as we thought they'd be. And the Bills just being absolutely horrific, as you saw on Monday night. So I think you do reset the expectations. And if you had said in August, six and three and in contention to win the division, you sign up for it. Now you're like, if you don't win the division, it's a huge disappointment because of what they have right now, the schedule they have the next couple of weeks, how bad the Bills and Jets have looked, and an opportunity to not only win the division, but as you guys talked about last week, getting a number two or three seed and potentially number one if something should happen to the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think uh, number two seed now is of the utmost importance for this team. Uh, we've seen their splits home and away. They look like a completely different offense when they leave Hard Rock Stadium than we do at home. Um, they they could use as many home games, obviously. It sounds silly. Of course, it's reductive. Yeah, you, you want to have home field advantage. But I think for the, the Dolphins, it means more than anyone. Uh, that really is a hard place for, for opposing teams to win for, for many reasons. Um, and I think they can do it because I think the, the, the Jaguars, and we can get into this in a second, uh, may have a, uh, a softer schedule than the Dolphins. There's, it's not entirely, it's no lock. They win the division at this point. Like the Houston Texans uh, are coming on strong, so they could have their hands full in the South. Uh, the North is just going to be, you know, bumper cars until Week 18. I mean, it's just going to be 
people bouncing off each other until until we have a winner. Uh, and the West, they should crown the Chiefs now. They probably should have crowned them in week one. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Um, we talked a lot about the schedule last pod. Um, certainly, we should get into it. Uh, all of a sudden, the, the South, right? We saw Jacksonville schedule this 27th most difficult, I think, remaining. But they do have a game against the Texans as well. Um, they have the Browns. They have the Bengals. There's there's losses there on their schedule. Um, for for Miami now, where do they let, – let's play a game. How many losses can they afford and still get the number two seed if you had to decide right now? Is it is it four? Is it, Can they get the two seed at five losses? Well, I think you also have to look at the Ravens' schedule, which, as Adam mentioned, the bumper cards that you're going to see in that division, the Ravens' schedule is no joke. They have a very tough schedule, even like this Thursday night hosting the Bengals at home. Yeah. I, I would think with their six and three you would probably can afford. They have the Niners, Jaguars, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals, Chargers among the remaining games. Yeah, and they're and they, and they are seven and three, so they're a, they're half game clear as the two seed. And ultimately, it's going to come down to which game you lose. The Dolphins lose to the Ravens; it's not going to matter. They beat the Ravens. I think you can afford two losses and still get the two seed. But looking at the schedule, there may not be two losses out there if you give them the win against the Ravens, which is by no means guaranteed. They literally can't win there except for last last year um, and, and the big comeback. That's a tough place to win. And listen, I'm not sold on the Ravens team. I, I haven't been all year. I did push them up to number one in my rankings when I finally got sold on them after their blowouts of Seattle and Detroit. And then, of course, they went and, you know, pooped down their leg versus the Browns. But again, they, they also had a two touchdown lead in the in, in the fourth quarter of that game. So they're a good football team. In order for the Dolphins to get the two seed, they got to do what they should do and beat the Ravens. And if they do that, I, they get the two seed. I don't, I don't see Jacksonville keeping it up, especially since I think Houston might win that division. Um, and, and if the Dolphins beat the Ravens, they're going to knock them down a peg. So it's there for the taking. Of course, you got to go into Baltimore and win. You lose that, you're looking at the three or four seed because they should, in theory, win the division with what the Bills have left with the Jets not having Rodgers and looking terrible and the Dolphins schedule significantly easier than both of them. Yeah, I, I think at all costs, they have to avoid the four seed uh, because in the four seed, your first round playoff game is no sure thing, right? Um, would would get, would presumably get what the Bengals or the Browns, right? Yeah, or, it'd be, yeah. The it'd probably be second place. Yeah. yeah, second place to the NFC North. And then your, your gift for winning that is to go to Kansas City right off the bat. Yep. So Right. Yeah. So uh, four seed is uh, a nearly impossible road. Uh, I think the three seed is probably where they're going to land is my guess is where they end up. Uh, and to get that, what, they got to go, what, maybe 11 and six, definitely 12 and five. Uh, I think 11 and six might get it done, uh, particularly because I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Jaguars. Yeah, and it's funny you say eleven and six, and their their team total right now live is eleven and a half, and that is what you can bet over or under eleven and a half. The the juice is favoring the under, which is would put you right at the eleven and six that that Adam mentioned. You you have five games against teams with a losing record coming up, and then you have the gauntlet with Buffalo, Dallas, and Baltimore. Um, depending on if you win all five, which we can get into, you would need to win one of those other three. If you drop one against the Jets or Tennessee or Washington or the Raiders then you got to win two out of the final three to get to that 12th win. Is that, is that even that much of a gauntlet at this point? I mean, those last three games, is that really, I don't I, like, I, I think that they they're past the hard part of their schedule. 
and which is crazy to say because they've played three, you know, two winning teams, right? That's at this point they have they played two teams with winning records, and then they've had their trip to Buffalo and their trip to LA. I think the the hardest part of their schedule is behind them. I guess it depends on how you look at it. They they don't do well in Baltimore, and they never play well against Buffalo. And the other game is the Dallas Cowboys, who are a good team, but I mean, for the they, Dolphins, they did, they did beat the Bills the last time it was in Miami, and that was a much better Bills team and a much worse Dolphins team. I would Agreed. argue. So. And and they should beat the Bills at home. Yeah, and and the Cowboys. We'll see which of those teams shows up. Uh, that's another team. Their home versus road splits aren't fantastic. Uh, so let's see how they would you know they would do when they come uh, on the road. Um, and I, let's let's just take a second, guys, and pour one out for the Buffalo Bills because R.I.P. Right, their season's over. R.I.P. It's over. I wrote about it last week in a in a betting article that you should bet the no at plus one hundred five. The no today is minus two fifteen. So tremendous value last week after Monday night's game. I mean, you look at that schedule. They got the Chiefs. They got the Eagles. They got the Dolphins. They got the Cowboys. They're five and five. And by the way, they look horrible. So pour a lot out for them. Do you, okay, uh, story, uh, question for the group. Sean McDermott, good coach or not? Hmm. Not likable coach. Frankly, as a Dolphins fan. I will say that. Um, (laughs) This this answer would have been very different a year ago, right? I I think, are we seeing, you know, he he was supposedly meddling a bit in the offense, right? Reportedly. the defense has taken a step back. They've also are injured. Let's not lose sight of that. The injuries aren't an excuse, but if it if the shoe was in the other foot and it was the Dolphins, we'd be talking about, oh, we're without our top two corners and our star middle linebacker. So that certainly impacts things. Um, but I, I think that the view of him is not what it was, you know, a year even you, a year ago. You cannot lose the game that they lost last night, and you definitely cannot lose it in the fashion in which you lost it, right? Well, Sean like, Payton tried to give it to him. He, he totally tried his hardest. Let's not lose track of the fact that they also lost an opener to the Jets with Zach Wilson playing all but four plays. So there's a lot of disappointing losses on that Bills schedule. And you see it a lot more in college than you do the NFL that when you start losing coordinator after coordinator, things start changing. Um, Alabama and the NFL has been able, and college football has been able to roll with just constantly changing coordinators. Other teams have not. But you know, you, you lose Leslie Frazier, you lose Brian Dayball, and all of a sudden it's like, this is McDermott's team now. And what you're seeing is what you're getting at five and five with some pretty crappy losses there. And by the way, yeah. it could be worse too if you get a, you know, pass interference call in the end zone, you lose to the Giants, like the Giants who can't beat anybody. Right. Yeah, no. And, and I think to me, what's most damning about uh, Sean McDermott is the playoff coming up short. History is well documented. And you know, <laughs> the, allowing the Chiefs to go 70 yards in 13 seconds and all that. We've been, you know, that's, that's ground that we've covered. Uh, but they didn't even know how many players that we have on the field for punt, uh, field goal block last night, right? I mean, they that is the most basic counting your dudes in the most critical moment of the game to make sure you don't have too many guys on the field. And if you can't pass that test, how are you going to beat Andy Reid, right? How, how, how are you going to win the big games you have? Uh, I think it's pretty, and I'm not even like Homer hat on, whatever you can call it what you want. I don't think it's a close that Mike McDaniel is the best coach in the division. Like, I don't even think it's close at this point. If you if you had put Mike McDaniel on that Bills roster that they had during those three years where they were just a juggernaut and had him controlling Josh Allen in a way that, you know, 
<laughs> certainly Ken Dorsey's not able to do. I, I think Mike McDaniel would have a ring by now. I think they'd be Super Bowl champs at this point. You also have a potential greatest of all time coach in that division too. I know they're two and eight, but the guy does have six rings. Um, oh, we going to go down this road? No, I, I love to say <laughs> Brady over Belichick, Belichick over Brady argument, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I Daniel over McDermott, and I would take McDaniel over Sala. But and I love Mike. It's year two. Not sure I would take him over Belichick just yet. But. I'm talking about 2023 Bill Belichick, not 2009 Bill Belichick. All right, and I think there's a yes. Dude, dude's lost his fastball, and dude does not know how to evaluate personnel. So uh, he's a bad coach at this point because he's a bad GM. Um, well, that's it. You got to disentangle the two. Belichick, the coach, still might have it, but. Belichick, the evaluator. I mean, his last couple of drafts are among the worst, you know, in at least their franchise history. I mean, I, I, they're bad. That 2022 one is is bad, bad. Uh, but- yeah, I mean, well, well, here's the question. So say the commanders, and we're so far off base here, but whatever, it's a bye week. Uh, we, we, we were, uh, say the commanders trade for Bill Belichick. Does he instantly make them two or three wins better? Not with what they have, no. I mean, Brady comes there, then yes. (laughs) 57-year-old Tom Brady? I mean, Ron Rivera is not a bad coach. So, like, Ron Rivera has gotten as much as he can out of this Washington team. And, I mean, I think Belichick is better, but, yeah, Belichick's lying in the bed he made. Like, they chase Brady out, and he has the roster that he has that he made. So, is what it is. I think the better question is, because you heard the stupid rumor go out the other day, if Belichick was in Dallas, is that Dallas team a Super Bowl team? A Dallas team that can't get it done with McCarthy. Who's his OC? That's the question. Right. And by the way, we talk about Dallas. And the Dolphins have the narrative of not beating good teams. Like, look at Dallas. Dallas hasn't beaten any. It, the Dolphins have better wins than Dallas have, but, you know, it's the Dolphins narrative. So. Well, that's why one of the uh, talking heads called uh, the Dolphins the AFC Cowboys. I forget who it was. One of the national networks. Oh, it was Kyle Brandt who had a great night last night on national television. Right. He clearly thought the game was awesome, right? <laughs> you, you could clearly see that. It, it was all over his face. Genuinely believe that game was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so – Let's talk. I know, David, you mentioned about the 11 and a half wins for the Dolphins, right? To try to bring this back to the Dolphins. I've got a little off track there, but we're looking at some of the other um, bets that are open. You know, that you can place right now on the Dolphins for the second half of the season. Um, certainly Super Bowl, right? They're 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They're plus 450 to win the AFC. Um, there's also some, you know, player, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year props. Of all these, bets you can make right now, David, if you're placing one right now today, which one would be, you know, your, your favorite to, to, to either most likely to cash or the best value at, at this moment that, that you would wager on? I think if you look at the ones that are posted right now, you mentioned Super Bowl 10 to one AFC four and a half to one AFC East, you'd, you'd have to lay the four and a half. So that's even though statistically speaking with 82% implied probability, it is actually a good bet. I'm still not laying 450 on anything. 11 and a half wins. You're getting plus money to the over. We just talked about their schedule. I like it, but I think your best bang for your buck is Tua is still six to one to win the MVP. 
And really, the guy's leading in still tons of categories, and I think his odds have dropped for a couple of factors. One, he lost to Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts jumped him in the MVP race. But the Eagles have a tough schedule coming up. Um, and then you have the lack of a marquee win is what the, the narrative has been. But if they do figure that out and beat a Dallas and beat Buffalo and win the division and grab a two seed, six to one is not bad value. I know you and I got it at 11 before the season, but Tua was down to plus 350 at one point when the Dolphins, before they, they lost to the Eagles. You lost to the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. You lost to the Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. If the Dolphins steal the one seed somehow, we're far from that, then plus 600 is a good bet. If it comes down to Tua versus Mahomes and Kansas City gets the one seed and the Dolphins get the two seed, I still think you can lean Mahomes, uh, lean Tua because of the stats and the fact that the head-to-head matchup was not because Patrick Mahomes had a great game. Like, the Dolphins gave that away. It wasn't Mahomes who won it. And he has not had a good season. Plus, he's won a couple before. And we've seen the voters have voter fatigue in general. So I think... The six to one is is to me a value play because anybody can go take Tyreek Hill at plus one twenty five to an offensive player of the year. Thankfully, I got it at nine to one before the season, but plus one twenty five, you're not getting any value, especially with AJ Brown doing what he was doing. Um, Justin Jefferson's not going to win it, but you also have CD Lamb out there. Um, but those are the contenders for offensive player of the year, and you know everything else like McDaniel plus six fifty for coach of the year. I think Dan Campbell has that one wrapped up. <laughs> and if Dan Campbell and the Lions don't win the division, it's because the Vikings went from one and four to the division and all of a sudden Kevin O'Connell is going to win it. Um, or D'Amico Ryans, who has the freaking Texans in the playoffs right now, should win it. So McDaniel's behind all three of them. And so that's kind of a stretch. But out of all of those, I mean, the longest one is 33 to one for Achain to win offensive rookie of the year. But again, He's missed too much time and pretty sure the quarterback in Houston has that one wrapped up. So I would go of all of those, I would either play Tua at six to one or take the plus money on them getting 12 wins and hitting that 11 and a half now before they go ahead and beat the Raiders. And that number gets up a little bit. Do you, do you think that Tua uh, needs to be above the replacement level MVP candidate uh, statistically because of the doubts that he has? Do you think that like, he's got to overcome more of a perception that he's a system quarterback, that he's not that good. He's a product of his talent around him and his coaching. And so he needs to be that much better Mahomes statistically to win the award. I do. I do think so because at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes has won a couple of Super Bowls. He's proven he's done it. Tua did do well last year, but then it was the injury case. This year he stayed healthy, knock on wood, but has proven his numbers, but he's lost every big game he's played so far. So, I think he does. I don't think Tua wins an MVP at 11 and six with losses to the Cowboys, Ravens, Eagles, and Chiefs. I I just don't think you win that. I think if you run the table, especially beating a Dallas or a Baltimore, and you beat Baltimore, you might knock Lamar Jackson down a peg. Maybe they don't win the division. All of a sudden, Lamar's out of the case. If it comes down to Tua versus Mahomes, I think at that point, you look at the stats and you say, all right, Mahomes has the one seed and won the head-to-head matchup, even though it wasn't because of him. But Tua's stats are far superior, and you give him the award. And right now, you're getting double the value because Mahomes is at plus 325 right now, and Tua is at 600. Do I think Mahomes gets over Tua? Yeah, it's the reason he's 325. I actually think Jalen Hurts wins the award. But Tua at plus 600 is a good value at this point. So 
Is Dallas or Baltimore, they're a marquee win? I mean, Baltimore probably. Is Dallas at home Christmas Eve? Would that be the marquee win that, that you mentioned that he would, you know, potentially need? I mean, if Dallas finishes with 11 or 12 wins and is the only reason they're not the division champ is because you got a 15, 16 win Eagles team, I think, yeah. Because right now, for better or worse, we kept hearing it, they have not beaten a team with a winning record. Neither is Dallas. But, like, two is going to need something like that on his resume. You're not going to get MVP for going 11 and 0 against sub 500 teams. It's just not like people are going to see that people are going to hear that. So I think he's going to have to need to beat Dallas and Baltimore to win that award. And, and I he'll have uh showcase opportunities because that Cowboys dolphins game, it's not going to get flexed unless Fox loses his mind because uh, Fox probably has the veto power on that. It's their marquee 425 game. On Christmas Eve, the entire country is going to get that game, right? Like it's going to be everywhere. Certainly, uh, uh, Ravens Dolphins might get flexed to Sunday night, um, and uh, then Dolphins Bills. Who knows what that game is for? I mean, if their Bills are out of the Dolphins have locked or locked into their seed, it's going to be a one o'clock on Sunday game. We're not going to, you know, they're not going to have a chance to uh, to show the world what they could do. But if it's for Somehow it's for the division or the Dolphins win. They're the one seed and the Bills win. They're in the playoffs. They might flex that to Sunday Night Football. He shreds that bad Bills defense. Maybe that's, you know, that's the trump card. He's also going to have Black Friday, a national TV game, game against one of the better defenses in football. So, you know, should they beat the Jets? Yeah, he's not going to get points for beating the Jets. But if he throws for 350 yards and dismantles a really good Jets defense, a Jets defense that Mahomes didn't do well against, that Josh Allen... Yeah, I believe Robert Sala said that they've embarrassed every quarterback, right? Wasn't that a couple right. weeks ago he had, right. he had said that? So, I mean, that that on national TV is the only game of the day with everybody watching on Black Friday. Should he go out there and shred that Jets defense that... Again, you got to put them up against each other. Mahomes did not do well against that Jets defense, and, you know, and, and neither did Josh Allen. So... If Tua can go and, and and show up in those games and do well, then you got to put him right there up with with the other quarterbacks in the MVP race. Okay, and I have one other bet we didn't touch on. You kind of glossed over it, but you did send it to us before the show, which was the comeback player of the year. Because Tua was plus 280, which I'm guessing is number two behind DeMar Hamlin. Is, it is, is that number two behind DeMar Hamlin. I just – I is, said is it in August. Hamlin a lot? That- the guy steps on the field. He's comeback player of the year. Yeah. Like I, I don't, as a voter, I don't know how you don't. I mean, they, they even mentioned on the broadcast last night and he has played, he played on special teams earlier this year and he played in the preseason, but yeah. I mean, the guy died on the field and then a year later made a tackle on Monday night football. I, I, I said in the preseason column, if the guy steps on the field, he wins the award. And he did that yeah. last night. Now I think he was going to win it regardless the odds did go from like minus a thousand down to about minus two hundred prior to Monday night's game, but now that he stepped on the field and made a tackle, I mean, how do you not give it to him? Now, the comeback player of the year is always one of the more controversial awards. I mean, hell, Tom Brady had had odds to win it the year that he unretired and didn't miss any time, and somehow he was comeback player of the year because he retired, but he didn't miss any time. So that award has a lot of speculation as to what it should be. But at the end of the day, the guy died on the field and played the next year. He gets my vote. <laughs> yeah. Guys, uh, we got some breaking news while we are uh, podcasting live here. Uh, 
According to Adam Schefter, the Bills have fired Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. Joe Brady will be the interim. And um, the question is, uh, if it does, this doesn't work out, is that it for McDermott too? Like, who is he the next one out the door? If this, because uh, it it could be the, the 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 desperation play that he's making to to save his job. Yeah, I I'm not at all surprised. Um, you're talking about McDermott being fired. This, you know, we've been talking about it all morning, all night. Last night, wrote a column on PFN. Um, at some point you're saving face and the offense has been a problem. It's been an unmitigated disaster. Um, not sure it's Ken Dorsey's fault that Josh Allen seems to wear slippery gloves when he plays and can't control the ball at any point in time. It's not Ken Dorsey's fault that Josh Allen's throwing against his body, uh, that Josh Allen's throwing in the triple coverage, but at the end of the day, someone's going to take the fall and it's not going to be Josh Allen. So it's not going to be Sean McDermott in the middle of the year. So see you, Ken Dorsey. All right, yeah, so we fight the fall from grace, though, right? For Ken Dorsey, he he, he was a hot offensive coordinator that you know w- w- was on the head coaching, you know, in all the articles about best candidates, you know, a year ago he, he was up there, and and now here he is uh, being replaced by Joe Brady in the interim, which uh, he has quite a story as well. He used to be a hot coordinator as well before uh, his fall from grace. Note to self: Don't take your first NFL job in Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, we, when we were playing out this show, we were talking about maybe doing best case, worst case scenarios for the Dolphins rest of the year. You guys still want to do that? We got about 10 minutes left. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Did you? Why don't you, you start us off, Adam? Whoa, well, yeah. putting me on the spot. I was hoping yeah, well, to talk you, to you and gather you it up. Thoughts. It was your idea. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Best case, worst case. Well, best case, I mean, you, you got to think this team has a chance to win the Super Bowl, right? It, it has the talent you need. There's not a, aside from maybe the Philadelphia Eagles, there's not a more talented team. The Niners, I guess you could make that argument as well. But I think with their front end talent and even their depth, I think they've, they've flexed their muscles on the offensive line a bit depth wise. Uh, look, they've got $15 million sitting on the bench, Emmanuel Agba. I mean, this is a deep talented team that um, has overcome injuries and starting to get healthy. Uh, we've discussed at length that the AFC doesn't scare anybody. They've, they went toe to toe, obviously with, with the chiefs, the bills are a much diminished team and the team that beat them. Uh, and everybody else is just losing, right? The Jaguars lost Ravens lost Bengals lost. Um, AFC doesn't scare me at all. And you get to the Super Bowl and you, you, you take your shot. They won't be favored if they would go and play against the Eagles or I think even the Niners. Um, but I, I do like, you know, the one game sample size, take your shot, get a couple of turnovers and see what you can do. So I'd say that's the best case. And I mean, I don't want to sound more, but the worst case is the only, the only way this team misses the playoffs is if they don't get at least 15 games out of their quarterback, right? That if Tua Tungabailoa, who knock on wood, has been incredibly healthy this year and all the concerns that we had going into the season have, not all of them, but a lot of them in a late. Um, if, if, if it's a Mike White stretch, second half of the season, um, I think even a team that's minus 450 to win a division could find themselves back in the pack. So, uh, but I, I think you're going to see uh, the streak of not having a home playoff game since 2008 snapped. Uh, what are they? 88% according to New York times to win the division, 94% to, to make the playoffs. Uh, and I think, as we talked about, I think that their floor is the three seed and they have a real shot to get the two. Matt, you were me. I, I think oh, – David, you want to go? No, go ahead. You start talking. Okay. I was going to say, no, I, I think morbid injuries aside, um, I, I think the 
the kind of the floor, the worst case for the Dolphins, it would be getting the four seed, um, which can certainly happen if they just win the five games they're favored and lose. I don't know if they'll be favored or not against the Bills at home. They probably will be. But if they lose those last three, right, stumble into the playoffs as a four seed and get knocked out by Bengals, Browns, Steelers, I guess they still right now they are the five seed. They probably won't hold. But that's probably the worst case. uh, And that would be a failure. Even with the move goalposts, for me, heading into the season, winning a playoff game. Now, they have to win a division, then go on the road and win. Win a playoff game was the bar for me this year, back, you know, before the season started. So that would be a colossal disappointment if they stumble in as the four seed, get knocked out, and, and that's it. But I, I think that that would be the floor because I think it is within the, you know, the realm of possibility. The ceiling, Adam, I, I know you, you said Super Bowl. Um you mentioned last week, you know, internally, it's, it's Super Bowl or bust for them, right? As a fan, I've been hurt too much to think that that's the ceiling here. Um, I, <laughs> I I think AFC title game is probably the ceiling. Um, going in the arrowhead would be a hard thing. If, if the Chiefs got bounced before, I think the situation is different. I think if the Dolphins have to go into arrowhead, that's probably where their season ends in the AFC title game, which would be a successful season for me. And, and I'd be happy with it. And it's something to build on. Um, we can have a discussion about what their window is, right? You know, in the next couple of years, they have cap issues and all that. But for this year, uh, getting to the AFC title game would be a success. And I think that's that's the ceiling in my eyes. I mean, hard to disagree with either one of you. Um, I, I do think, and I think Adam said this on the pod last week. I listened. Um, Thank you, David. The, they have the talent to win the Super Bowl. They have the system. They have the talent. They have the coach to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Adam's correct. They will not be favored against San Francisco or Philadelphia. Um, make the argument that it could be a pick them against the Lions. The Lions, we have a very easy schedule and could wind up with the one seed in the NFC, but I don't see them going to the Super Bowl, but that would be an interesting matchup. Um, I, so I, you got to almost put the ceiling there. Now, I think there's a difference between best case scenario and successful season. I think Matt is right. They advance the AFC title game and win their first playoff game in 20 something years. It's a successful season getting that far. Like can't really get mad if they lose in Arrowhead to a team that's been to, you know, three of the last six Super Bowls. Um, but I do think they have the potential that they could have beaten Kansas city once and they can beat them in terms of floor. Listen, minus four fifties, minus four fifty. I had this conversation with my cousin last night that also big listener of the program, like should the jets beat the bills next week? and then the Dolphins beat the Jets the week after, the Dolphins have a three-game lead with six to play in this division, and it's all but over. They, they would own all the tiebreakers at that point. So short of the Bills running the table, the Dolphins losing a whole bunch and sweeping that tiebreaker, the Dolphins would win the division. But I've also sat at MetLife way too many times and seen the loss and made that embarrassing walk to my car, the walk of shame, that should it go the other way and the Bills beat the Jets and then the Jets beat the Dolphins, all of a sudden the division's up for grabs. Um with the way the AFC is in all of these five and five and six and four teams, there is an unfortunate path where they miss the playoffs. Cause I, if they don't win the division, they may miss it entirely. And that's not only disappointment, that's truthfully unacceptable, especially when you have the schedule in front of them. So I'm going to set the floor at what Matt said at the four seed, because they have the schedule in front of them that they should be no worse than the three seed. If they lose to the Ravens, should something go wrong, like Adam said, and Tua gets hurt or somebody else gets hurt, then you still have that cushion right now. You have that game and a half cushion, and you have the two games in the Jets in front of you. But 
you lose those two games and all of a sudden it's a completely different ball game. So um, I'll set the floor at the four seed. I'm pretty confident that I would bet the 450 to win the division. I'm not going to because you don't lay 450 on anything. You're one bad hit away from losing money there. Um, but statistically speaking, at an implied 82%, and Adam said that they're 88% in New York Times, they should win the division as long as they take care of business. So I will set that floor at at the four seed, although I think anything lower than the third seed with a loss to Baltimore on the road would be um, acceptable. What's what's so wild is you, you get the rematch. If you get that three seed, you win that first round game against an AFC North team, and then you go to Baltimore and play them again, then the season comes down to that game. So, Oh, what's wild to me is how we're just saying, oh, yeah, the next five games are easy. I mean, how often do they sweep the Jets? Rarely. It doesn't happen a ton. Um, and we'll see, you know, late in the season if Rodgers comes back. Uh, t- to me, if somehow the Jets beat the Bills, the Jets become the bigger threat to the Dolphins than the Bills do because that is a team that has, that has a defense that travels. Uh, and, you know, if you get back Rodgers for three games, literally anyone is better than Zach Wilson. Like, I don't care if it's 70% Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be better than Zach Wilson. They're going to be an improved team. Um, then it gets a little dicey because the Jets have all the tiebreakers over uh, the Bills, obviously, and they would have uh, a head-to-head win against the Dolphins and would have to see it come down to you know, division record and common opponents and all those other tiebreakers. But uh, to me, that's the scenario. Like, I, I truly think the Bills are donezo. Like, their schedule is so hard down the stretch that um, even if they beat the Jets this week, like you just have to think in your brain, what's their path to, is it 10 and seven? Like, can this, can a team that's five and five win five of its last seven with, with that schedule? I mean, that's to me, that's, that's pretty ambitious. So I, I, again, unless Tua gets hurt, which obviously God forbid, we don't want to talk about that, but unless that happens, um, the, the Bills are not a concern to me. The Dolphins will win enough of their last eight games to finish ahead of them. Uh, but I do still think the Jets could make things interesting, which is crazy to say because they're absolutely terrible right now. They're a bad they just team. had their two games. You have the home game in two weeks, and then you have the game in Miami, which could have come down to Aaron Rodgers being back. And as a Dolphins fan, you just hope that the Jets are far enough out of it that Rodgers says, give me six more months, which he should in theory. Um but with, with Buffalo five and five and I mean, Dallas, Kansas city, Philly at Miami, like they realistically should lose all four of those games. That's nine losses. Like you're eight and nine at best. If you sweep the, if you beat the jets and the, uh, you have the jets twice and you also have the Patriots like eight, and nine, you're not getting in, in the AFC. So yes, maybe the bills can steal one or two of those. The one they would need to steal is at Miami and then win the division because of it is what they would need to do. That's their path. The path isn't going to be the wild card. Their path is to stay alive, stay behind the Dolphins, win week 18, and win the tiebreaker. That's the only path I see for the Bills. Yeah. yeah it's I, funny. I was going to say the Aaron Rodgers thing, right? Um, if he does come back, he's obviously better than Zach Wilson. But he's also, I would imagine, he'd be even less mobile than he was to start the season. And behind that offensive line, like Zach Wilson can at least move, right? Rodgers on his four snaps, I think, was hit twice. And regardless, and that was on an Achilles that wasn't torn yet. So yeah, he's better at throwing, assuming he can get the pass off. And that's a whole nother conversation. Wilson at least provides a little escapability behind that bad offensive line. Um, and the Dolphins have a pass rush that, you know, gets to the quarterback. So I'm not sitting here worried that, that Rogers would be back, you know, and, and that's going to impact, you know, how I view that, that second Dolphins game, which would be in Miami. 
Um, I personally feel the Rodgers stuff ended Sunday night because there was all the rumors they thrown on the field, ready to go, be back in a couple of weeks, and then they went out and absolutely looked terrific. He didn't like the play calling. He had arguments on the field, and he watched the Jets lose a game they shouldn't have lost to the Raiders. Like, if I'm Aaron Rodgers watching that, like, what am I coming back to? Like, give me another offseason. Go improve the offensive line. Give me a realistic shot here because, like you said, he's going to come back. He's going to get injured again, and maybe he's done. Done, done. Like, coming back to try to get the seven seed? I mean, no one's ever done what he's trying to do. I, I, I wouldn't, but I that think might be the only reason he does it is to try to do it because no one's done it. I mean, I to his if credit, you, if he can pull it off, great. If you beat the Raiders and you're five and four, and then you go and you can upset the the Bills and the Dolphins, all of a sudden you're seven and four, fine. But you lose to a bad Raiders team, like, and, and I mean they're bad. Like the Jets are not a good offensive football team. They're not, and I I'm not confident that you don't know it because he got injured on the fourth play of the season. I don't think Aaron. Like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers leads this Jets team to the playoffs. I know he's better than Zach Wilson, but that's a bad offense—a really bad offense. Yes, Zach Wilson's not helping, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers take this team to eleven wins? I don't think so. I, I think it would look like a completely different offense. I think that they would have their defense gives them short fields, so the, the drives would be longer. Games would be at a completely different uh, dimension if there was just competent quarterback play so um we'll see i still think yeah, you're right that offensive line's bad um they certainly were not the best team in the division it's crazy though infante you and i talked about this two months ago three months ago that you know one of the three that Dolphins, bills or or jets it's just not going to work out and now it's looking like two of those teams right which is nuts because like we all the hype of this division the if the patriots were at all competent they would be right there for a playoff spot, right? Because they play the same schedule essentially the Dolphins do. There's a lot of winnable games. Um, and and the conference just sucks, guys. The conference is bad. The entire league sucks. Let's not kid ourselves. But beyond the Dolphins, the Chiefs, obviously, <clears throat> the Ravens, and the Bengals, I guess the Jags, do you have any faith in any of those teams? Any of them? No, like, I'll I, ask yeah. you a question I got last night. Like, have you ever seen the quarterback situation as bad as it's been in the NFL this year? It's bad enough that Zach Wilson cannot lose his job no matter how hard he tries to. And you got guys that none of us have ever heard of suiting up and starting for NFL teams. Like, unless your name is is Ian Cummings or Dalton Miller, you haven't heard of half these guys. Like, have you ever seen the NFL's quarterback situation as poor as it is right now? Well, we're going to get a front row seat on Sunday, guys. We're going to see one of those complete no-names. Aiden O'Connell, is that his name? Aiden O'Connell. Where did he go to college? I looked this up last week, and I can't even remember because I also looked up Clayton Toon, and I looked up Josh Dobbs. I'm getting them all mixed up in my head, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, you're, you're starting guys that you're like, we always talk about the first round of the draft and all these great quarterbacks. And every year we have seven quarterbacks we're all in love with. Like, and then you have Clayton Toon and Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, Will Levis is finally getting in there. But like, really? Like, who are these guys? So we all like the Dolphins on Sunday. Is that what we're saying? We well, wait, 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 wait. Back it up. Back it up. Antonio Pierce. You know, they, they have the interim coach effect, right? We, we saw that with Dan Campbell in Miami initially. Um, is Antonio Pierce the new Dan Campbell, Adam Beasley, who asked well, that in our chat? Well, okay. Uh, first of all, maybe. I, I, I don't want to cast aspersions on Antonio Pierce. Given the right roster and the right situation, 
entirely possible he can he could put together with Campbell, which admittedly has taken three years for Dan to put this together in Detroit. Yes. They beat the Giants and the Jets. At home. Fair. The point I was going to make is Dan Campbell, when he got his opportunity in Miami, they looked fantastic for two weeks. And then there was major regression, like immediate regression back to, oh, we have a crap team. Here's our crap roster. Here's our crap result. Uh, game three is coming up. The idea of that Raiders team <laughs> with Aiden O'Connell as their quarterback winning three straight, including in Miami, where they won, I think, 16 of the last 18 games. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Hey, fascinating that they're 2-0 and and they're lighting cigars and they're dancing all over uh, McDaniel's grave. And it, it's a great Vegas story that you can only be a Vegas fan to love. They've beaten the Giants and the Jets. Let's slow our roll with, with, with Antonio Pierce here. Like they barely beat a bad Jets team and they needed Zach Wilson to basically hand it to them. And they shut down a Giants team that my fourth grade team could stop as well. So you go into Miami and beat the Dolphins and then come home and beat the Chiefs and you can give Pierce coach of the year honors just for doing that. But you beat the Jets and the Giants who arguably are two of the worst three offenses in football right now. Okay, so yeah, we no. all like the Raiders. I mean, we all like the <laughs> Dolphins. Do we like them to cover? It's 11, I think. Has it gone to 11 and a half yet or is it still sitting at 11? I believe it's 11. Would you? You know, you know what the Dolphins haven't done in a minute? Absolutely just click. Their offense has not been superstar offense in a minute. They're going to get Devon A. Chan back most likely this week. Um, they've had two weeks of rest. McDaniels had two weeks to stew over that that Chiefs loss. I think they absolutely wait for it, guys. Boat race the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Boat race. Beasley bingo. I got my card. I got it. <laughs> Beasley bingo. Boat race and causation correlation. Winner, winner. Chicken all I got. That's all I got. I mean, they beat the Broncos by 50. The Gi- It's still amazing to say that. The Giants by 15. The Panthers by 21. And the Patriots by 14. All four of those teams, except for the, I'd say half of those teams are better than the, than the, whatever city the Vegas Raiders play in. So I, I, I would lay the number. Yeah. Especially since what Adam just said, they're, they're getting people back. They're healthy and they're off a bye week and yeah, they struggle to put up points against Kansas city who hasn't, they struggle to put, put points up against the Eagles who hasn't, they still put 31 up a few weeks ago against the Patriots and 42 against the Panthers after giving them a 14, nothing lead. So, they have proven, if we want to lay into the narrative, that they boat race bad football teams. So I, I would I would lay the number. I absolutely would. Yeah, I, I mentioned this before the show. Um, they're, they're five and zero against the spread. You know, as a favorite, their average margin of victory above the spread is thirteen points. So they they cover they cover by almost two touchdowns. Um, I suspect this wouldn't be any different. And I don't lay double digits in the NFL. I don't as a rule. But if I were, I would, if you said gun to the head, which side would you take? I, I would take two in the dolphins over whoever the quarterback in Vegas is. Poor Aiden O'Connell. Right. He doesn't get any respect here in this podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, that is it. Remember to subscribe to the podcast available on all podcast platforms. Uh, rate and review would, would help too. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, um, like this episode as well. That helps us. Be sure to visit profootballnetwork.com slash Miami hyphen dolphins for all of our dolphins coverage from one Adam H. Beasley. 
David, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure having you. We will have you back at some point this year as the Dolphins can continue their run to at least a division title, right? I, I, hope at, so. at the bare minimum. And who knows I think, from there? I think the other best case scenario is that Adam H. Beasley gets on hard knocks a whole bunch of times with his PFN gear. I think that also is helpful. Other side. I, we will look for It's going to be like playing Where's Waldo. When those episodes start next Tuesday on, on HBO Max or HBO or Max, whatever it's called, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday starting next week, um, we will look for Adam. Try try to find your way in front of the cameras when you're there, please. Okay. Oh, I've already ingratiated myself. I've already ingratiated okay. myself to the crew. So yeah, they will uh they will have my best side. Excellent. All right. I'll try to keep up my uh my points per game average on this pod. So try to keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. As Adam said, it, it, it could happen this week. Okay, they're, not scoring, they're not scoring 70, so take the under. Wait, what is the total? Do you know if no, I'm at, head? I'm at the dolphin swing. Yes, I know. But do you know what the game total is? Um, I believe it was 44 and a half, but stand by. That can't be right. They're going to score 45 on their own. I was about to say, that's is that the team total? Because that, that's what that sounds like. I can look it up for you. Nah, don't even bother. No, look Just, it up. It's, you know, it's coming. Okay. Okay. If you stuck with us this long, stick with us 30 more seconds here. <laughs> 46 and a half. I was off by a 46 and a half. 46 and a half. Yes. And that's just saying they don't think, okay. I think that quarterback is going to struggle big time against this Dolphins defense. So maybe they're thinking it's going to be like 45 to three or something, you know, right or now the Dolphins team total is 29 and a half. And the Raiders team total would do the math is 16 and a half. So 29 I, I and a half to 16 and a half. Hammer that under, man. I would absolutely hammer that under. I would also hammer the over Dolphins team total as well. So, Okay. Well, be sure to check back next week so you can all celebrate in the victories that uh, Adam and David just gave out here. Though the last time I took an over 29 and a half with the Dolphins, I brought my, at the time, eight-year-old to the game against the Texans last year, and the Dolphins were up 29 nothing at halftime. And I told my kid what to root for. 29 and a half and I'll buy you whatever you want at 29, nothing at halftime. My eight year old thought betting was the easiest thing on the planet. The dolphins did not score another point the rest of the game. So it was as bad of a beat as I've ever had. And I had it in person with my son. So be careful. It's good to see you passing down betting to, to it's your all children. about the education, the education. All right, great. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us here for 45 minutes of this. And we will see you back here next week on the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast.